this. I left the city, I've been proud. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Welcome to episode 52 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. We got a great guest on today. We're super excited to announce him. But before we do that, we're going to talk about our sponsor real quick. It's DraftKits.co. That's .co, not .com. We did that all year last year. Everybody was going to DraftKits.com. They make the best draft boards out there. You know, awesome, high-color draft boards. They got the player stickers. They got things for auctions. I mean, they are the best out there. But when it comes to that, you know, I got I got to introduce a guy who knows about the draft boards. You know, he ain't invent the game. He just rolled the dice trying to get some change. And that's Camp Fever John. Who's struggling with it? So, Mike, yeah, I'm coming in to have my own intro music now. That's how I'm rolling. That's how I actually, it. you know, you walk. Yeah, in, I mean, that video, like I did the videos last year. I introduced my kids doing the draft board where my son's like, yo, I really wanted to take Patrick Mahomes. But I know the dynasty dad would be mad in a one quarterback league if I don't take Christian McCaffrey, you know, and he goes and puts it up on the board. I did the other one. You blew yeah, me man. away with that. That pool scene, man. That was epic. Yeah, so I was just saying, hey, you got to have fun with your drafts this year. We're all getting back together. You got your draft parties, and you got to got to have a draft board. And I'm thinking, hey, at least for your first pick, have a little walk up music. And so my inspiration was the Tom Brady there. Who, if anyone didn't see this dude swag at the the ring ceremony, he did come out to that song, and it was pretty impressive. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and so I'm kind of uh, reproducing it there. I love it. You know, and you got to have, again, you guys put in code SMASH when you guys, guys go on there. You get 10% off. You got three more days, so you get that free trophy giveaway up to a $70 value. So we're talking about entrance music, you know, and, and that's that epic way to go in. I would put a fantastic song here. We're going to let you pick what that might be here. But our guest tonight is one of the great ones. You know, like when it comes to podcast hosts, I have him up there, JP Hurley, you know, some of the some of the greats. He is the host of the Dynasty Theory, the host of FF Confidential, the one and only John Bauer. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. I I don't have an intro music, and now I feel inadequate to be joining you guys here. I feel like I need something to get jacked up, but looking over the show notes that you guys sent out, I think that's going to be enough to get everybody jacked up. So I'm excited for tonight's show. I love it. It's tricky picking up your own, you know, your own walk-up music. I was a I was a college baseball player, and it was like, coach comes up freshman year, what's your walk-up music, you know? And you're like, do you want it to be classic? What do you want to do, you know? It's like, is it going to be timeless? And then you got to pick it, and it's like, is this going to go with your personality, you know? And then that's why we had our boy Matty Big Chest do our intro music to to kind of get the whole thing started. So, obviously tonight, no bigger news, obviously, than what's going on with. Michael Thomas, right? I mean, the Saints hit this massive speed bump going into 2021. We know Drew Brees was retiring in 2020. And now Ian Rappaport obviously announced on Friday that Michael Thomas is expected to miss the start of the season. And now we're looking somewhere for after his undergoing surgery to repair these ligaments in June, somewhere between week four and week eight return, which is absolutely crazy. You know, where we're talking about, I just drafted him in Scott Fishbowl. You know, John, I know you got your Scott Fishbowl shirt on, and we talk about that quite a bit. And that was – I was excited to get him as my wide receiver one because I had been preaching for the last couple of months that this guy has the opportunity this year with the vacated targets, you know, of Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders leaving. He was going to get peppered, and we were at potential wide receiver one overall going into this. John, we got two Johns here. We'll go with John Bauer first. What was your initial reaction here, right? I mean, Michael Thomas, the news comes out. Some people are like, is this a Scottie Pippen type thing where it was like, hey, we're going to, you know, have the injury come late. I don't believe that. But talk to me a little bit about your initial reaction. It, it was a little bit surprising because it did seem like it came out of nowhere from a fantasy manager's perspective. Like you said, it happened in June initially, the surgery. And then it was, what, a 12 to 16 week timeline after that. 
The good news, though, for Michael Thomas managers, he didn't hit the inactive pup or the uh, the reserve pup. Right. So so if you hit right, that, right. you're automatically out the first six games. So he's still on the active pup list. So it gives you a little bit of uh, you know positive thinking there. You're not as uh, skeptical and, and curious as, okay, he's out at least six weeks. So there is that wiggle room. There is that chance he comes back early. But we're going to get into a lot of good trade talks here, a lot of dynasty evaluations and perspectives. So I don't want to get into too much of it right now because I, I certainly have a lot of thoughts here on Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, John, your first reaction here, I know you and I talked about it quite a bit. But talk to me about you know what you're thinking as far as when Michael Thomas news hit. Yeah, and my reaction was kind of interesting because really just over the last – season and a half, I've actually moved on from all my MT shares. Uh, I love the guy and helped me win a couple of ships back in 2019. But with Breeze and Peyton moving on, I had started to kind of move on from them. And then the injury, obviously. What concerns me is, okay, he misses nine games last year. And for whatever reason, he waits all the way into June and he's got to go back in. And so it's it's clearly not completely healed. And so you, you really start immediately asking yourself, okay, what's this guy worth in dynasty? What's this guy worth in redraft? I think we're going to go through all that. Right. But for me, I start to size him up versus a lot of the other wide receivers and think about, okay, now long-term, what am I really willing to pay for this guy? And I had to kind of slide him down right now in dynasty. I've got him somewhere in that like wide receiver, 18 to 19 range. A lot of those younger up-and-coming wide receivers, I've kind of had to pull them up a bit, but I definitely have them outside the wide receiver one range. And so uh, that's kind of my initial reaction. And redraft, I think it's pretty interesting, right, because he's going to just automatically fall down your your average drafter's rankings. And I think we, we were looking at, like, underdog ADP has him sitting at, like, 22 right now. Okay. my My view is – and I'm, you know, I'm kind of a risk taker. I think the two of you are as well. Once you have your main lineup set, you got two QBs, two running backs, two wide receivers, maybe a tight end, and you're getting into the round eight, round nine range. That's where I think he gets really interesting because down the home stretch and into the fantasy playoffs, all of a sudden this guy could be, dare I say, the use that overused term, the league winner, because it really could be impressive at that point, right, when he comes back. Yeah, and those are all great points. I mean, obviously coming off 2019 where he had just the most ridiculous season yeah. we've had up to date. I mean, yeah. obviously 185 targets, 1,700-plus yards, nine touchdowns. Yeah, you know, he was he was the undisputed wide receiver one in Dynasty, you know. And now we have a little bit of a debate of who is that wide receiver one because he's fallen off, you know. And now we get 2020, I was still believing. Mm -hmm. And then this year I, I was starting to tell myself that narrative again, right? In Dynasty, there's so much about this narrative of – what we're believing and what we're not. And it comes to, we're looking at an injury scenario here where John has said, you know, we're looking, he avoids that, that, you know, first six weeks, but then he has a week six buy. So it almost feels like week seven would be an ideal time for him to come back here. Cause I, I saw a Twitter poll out there, you know, most of us, it was like 73% believe the back end of these kind of things. You know, they believe there aren't quite as risk averse. They want to believe that back end. Um, John, where do you have him in your dynasty ranks? I mean, we had him at about wide receiver nine, wide receiver 10 in that range. Now, all of a sudden, where do we go with this? So all of my rankings, they're tier based and, you know, so not necessarily, oh, wide receiver 10, 11, 12, Absolutely. but so you typically see a little bit of a clump. I am much more pessimistic, not only of what we see in 2021, but then his dynasty value beyond that. After this year, he's going to be entering his 29-year season. You know, mm -hmm. so instantly you're losing value from age alone. But let's say that this injury lingers throughout the season. Let's say it's one of those situations where, hey, Michael Thomas looks good to go for week seven or whatever the case may be. Oh, I'm going to take one more week off. Week eight comes around, one more week off. Managers are going to get very frustrated if they have hung on to him if they are contending and they might be looking to ship him off. So for me right now, I have 
I have around 30 receivers and that number is lofty okay. 30 receivers that I would take over him in a startup today. I would trade him for straight up two trades that I recently got done. One was Jerry Judy straight up and was it Judy or Sutton? Now it might've been Sutton. They're all just blending together at this point, but it was one of the Broncos receivers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other one on a contender, uh, I, I moved him straight up for Robert Woods who dynasty outlook. I, I don't know if there's really much of a difference, but give me that production that I know I'm going to get here in 2021. And the way that we always talk about the wide receiver position when looking at it from a, a landscape perspective, we talk about this in dynasty theory constantly where we don't necessarily target the highest tier wide receivers because mm-hmm. of the depth of the position the way the scoring is, it gets pretty flat as you get past like the top six, seven, eight guys. So an injury like this for us isn't necessarily as crippling as it would have been if it were a higher end running back, higher end quarterback, yep. or even one of the top tight ends. So with Michael Thomas going out, you know, a move like Robert Woods, which I mentioned, it's we're getting somewhat similar production unless you have the mindset that we're going to get back to Michael Thomas of 2019. But just like you mentioned, there is going to be that drop-off, presumably, because Drew Brees isn't there. What's it going to look like with Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? So there is more concern other than the injury, other than age. Uh, you know, So there are things that we need to be looking at. So I am a little bit lower. In, in our Discord chat, we're constantly going. And I have a bunch of guys, and they're going, JB, you're you're off your rocker with this one. You know, they're they're still doing this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I, I personally wouldn't do it, but I think I'm in the minority with where I've dropped him to. Well, and I, I we we talk the exact same on Smash Except, right? We're talking about moving in back in your drafts and, and getting we just talked about it last week, you know, where we were we were we had uh Sam Wallace on and he was saying move back in that area and get your Judy's, your Claypools, your Suttons, your Charks. Yep. Just keep moving back into that because that running back position is so scarce in the beginning. The wide receivers, there is such a big value there. And the other thing that we really preach is is insulated trades. You know, it's something where this the, when Michael Thomas came back, you know, I traded him for Keenan Allen in the 107, which ended up being, you know, you moved down. How, how, are, how are you here. not in, how are you not in prison with theft like that? But do you know who I got at 107? <laughs> Kyle Pitts, baby. Kyle oh, Pitts is tight end premium. So I don't want to. I don't want to shame that person. But we've talked about this, you know, where we take guys before they hit that age cliff. You know, another one I traded, uh, DeAndre Hopkins for Terry McLaurin in a first, and that first became 102. You know, you make these insulated trades where you get similar type production, and those guys, you know, then you get the pick on top of that. I'm glad you brought up. You almost verbatim brought up one of our trades, guy that's. You know, always asking questions. Great guy in the Twitter community. Viking Power 72 asked, he's in a one quarterback competing for a championship. Would you trade any of these wide receivers? And this, he, I asked him, this would be his wide receiver three. So would you trade any of these wide receivers for Michael Thomas straight up on a competing team for your wide receiver three? Now, John, we talked about that, you know, possibly being a game changer. John, you talked about getting some production here. And he said it was Sutton, Judy, Shark or Juju, you know, and all those guys are in that area. Sorry, not Judy. You brought up Judy, but Sutton, Shark or Juju. Which ones of these guys, all of these guys, none of these guys. We'll start with Camp Fever John. I'm going to try to find ways to, to differentiate you two guys. Camp Fever John, talk to me here. You know, you're, you're competing for that championship. We know he's going to be 29. Who are you taking here? I'm still taking MT in a couple of those scenarios. And in fact, some uh, I actually did move MT for Juju and a lot of extra picks because Juju's been so depressed recently. Um, it, that included a 22 first in that deal. So I, I did, like you said, definitely insulated trade. Um, I think I just that's how we do it, right? Uh, yeah, that's how we do it. Um, and so yeah, I did that one recently. Um, but you know, I. I'm actually listening to Mr. Bauer here and I'm almost willing to move him down a little bit more in my rankings. Curious to see if he would take empty or any of those guys. But um, yeah, what do you think, John? 
Oh, no, no. I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, the only one that I, I think is up for debate for me would be mm-hmm. DJ Shark. Yes. I, yeah, there, there is, there, like, it's not like he's a locked and loaded wide receiver one. And not that Juju is, but you mentioned, John, his, his value for Juju. It is depressed. And he went from being talked about as the wide receiver right. one overall right. to now uh, low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three yeah. for dynasty purposes. Yeah. So that's exactly the type of receiver I'm targeting in mm-hmm. startups, existing leagues, trades, whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. I will take Juju over Michael Thomas competing or rebuilding. I will take, I think you mentioned Sutton. one of the, is, yep, Sutton, I'll take Sutton. him. And then Shark is the only one that's a toss-up. Just because when you look at both of them, like I mentioned Robert Woods, he's got a pretty solid ceiling in that offense. And now with Cam Akers out, we expect them to have to throw the ball a heck of a lot more. So Mm -hmm. that ceiling is there for Robert Woods. I don't know if the ceiling is necessarily there for DJ Shark, but then he's also battled injuries. So that's the only one because if and when Michael Thomas comes back, that ceiling is certainly there. So, I, yeah. That's if right. you ask me today, I might say Shark, but I, I would not argue with anybody that wanted to go Michael Thomas over Shark. And the more I talk about it with you guys and other people throughout the community, I, I think that's a little switcheroo I might have to make here in my tears with MT and Shark. Well, John, you and mm-hmm. I were talking backstage, and yeah. it felt like I had crazy exposure to Michael Thomas on my teams. <laughs> But I only have two shares, and I traded Mm -hmm. for both of them right before the playoffs, and he never came back. And and John is kind of selling me a little bit on this injury where it's like, if this lingers, if this doesn't go, I'm totally agreeing. I would take him over Chark. And I think you got to look at this team. You know, we don't have his whole team here. But if this is an aging team, a team that, you know, he's probably going to blow it up after this season, Michael Thomas is a good bet for being that high-ceiling you know, guy that could you win you that championship? If you're kind of an in-between and you say you're competing, because we all like to say we're competing, right? But sometimes you're in that in-between where Juju's going to put you up nice wide receiver two numbers probably all year. And I, I would definitely take Juju there. And I think I would take Sutton. But it, it it's a tricky situation. And I feel like that Michael Thomas value is when we had Ryan McDowell on to talk about Deshaun Watson, those values are only dropping. He's not going to go up in value before he gets back on the field. You know, people are going to get, they're going to go 0 and 3. And now all of a sudden they're like, man, Michael Thomas is killing my roster. I'm going to sell him cheaper. So, you know, my advice to you would be you don't need to do it right now. You don't need to yep. buy Michael Thomas right now unless it's on the cheap. Right now, don't go out and, yeah. and make that aggressive move. Wait, because unless that guy starts out 4 and 2, you know, he might start out 1 and 4. All of a sudden, Michael Thomas. It's like, I got to get him off my roster. I don't know when he's coming back, you know, and that changes things up a little bit. So I jumped into a trade and that was totally, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about the scenarios here, you know, before we get back into that. But let's talk about who's there now, right? I mean, Emmanuel Sanders left, Jared Cook left. So the tar- there are targets galore. You got Traquan Smith, who I got in Scott Fishbowl. I've been, you know, getting him late in all my drafts. And he's definitely going to be there. You got Marcus Callaway. You know, only 21 receptions last season. Deontay Harris, 20 receptions. You got Juwan Johnson, Chris Hogan. It's just fun to say little Jordan Humphrey, Adam Troutman. You know, like, who's going to step up out of this group? We'll start with you, John Bauer. You know, like, it's it's an interesting situation because, obviously, you see Traquan Callaway, to me, is more prototypical 6'4", 204. Deontay Harris being that small wide receiver at 5'6", 170. And, and Chris Hogan, you know, Hulk Hogan's son, he jumps in here. He just he winds up on teams. What's going to happen with the rest of this wide receiver core? Before I get into that, there's one other thing I want to say just about Michael Thomas in general. And you mentioned some of the scenarios. Oh, if a team's 0-3, 1-4, whatever the case may be. Michael Thomas might be the only soon-to-be 29-year-old that rebuilding teams might consider acquiring. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if, if, if there's a league mate that has Michael Thomas – and, uh, you know, they're looking to compete and I'm not, maybe it does make sense to, to move an aging piece, or maybe they're willing to take on a DJ shark. And then if Michael Thomas comes back, certainly risk there, but if he comes back this year, I would think that I could flip him for a heck of a lot more than just DJ shark. So just something to keep in mind, but looking at this wide receiver core and Adam Troutman throwing in the tight ends, you look at the, the splits with and without Michael Thomas in the lineup last year. Traquan Smith, his target share virtually doubled, 7% to 13%. 
Marquez Callaway, non-existent, 2% to uh, 11%. The thing with the tight ends that is intriguing because ultimately it comes down to who's the quarterback for me. If it's Jameis Winston, I really like Adam Troutman. Now, I do I think it's going to be Jameis Winston? My dynasty rosters hope so because I have a lot of him stashed away. Yeah. But I just I think they're going to go Taysom Hill. And if they do, when you look at the Four, the, there was a four-game stretch where Taysom Hill started last year where between Jared Cook and Adam Troutman, they ran a combined 120 routes between the two. And there were some teams on bye week. Some other guys only played three games during that stretch for other teams. But that wasn't even top 12 if they were combined as one tight end. So what I'm saying is they're going to be on the – well, Adam Troutman's going to be on the field a lot. But if it's with Taysom Hill – I think a lot of it's going to be for blocking purposes. So people are going to say, look at that snap share. Well, how many routes is he actually running? So that's the concern for me for Adam Troutman. But with that said, in the tight end landscape, can he come across and finish his tight end 12? Sure. I think either of you gentlemen might be able to finish his tight end 12 this year. You know, the top six, and then there's certainly a, a drop. But Traquan Smith is the one that intrigues me. But then I think the main beneficiary here is Alvin Kamara. I just think for me, he went from, it it doesn't sound like a big jump, but he went from my running back three for redraft purposes to running back two based on our projections. And a lot of that comes down to the increased target share. But again, who is going to be the quarterback, which is the million dollar question there in new Orleans. But uh, again, recap wide receivers. Traquan Smith is the one that I'm intrigued by. Uh, Callaway is a, a deep stash if you're in a deep 12 or 14, 16 team league. And then Alvin Kamara and even Latavius Murray, he jumped up a little bit in target share. So I think maybe there's a possibility of getting him more involved. And then you can be a little bit more creative with Alvin Kamara if necessary. But the, the great thing about fantasy football, and we saw it with Aaron Rodgers, we spent months and months and months talking about, well, what if this happens? What if? And then it's like status quo. So then what if Michael Thomas is healthy? He comes back week one. Hey, at least we got to BS with each other, right? <laughs> I love it. That's right. straight straight fire right there. <laughs> and I think you really nailed it when you talked about Kamara, right? I mean, we're looking at yeah. the splits with and without Michael Thomas in the lineup. You know, we were looking at seven games versus eight games. So it's very similar last year. With Michael Thomas in the lineup, 18.7 points per game. Without, 30.89. Now, obviously, he had that huge, you know, multiple touchdown game there, which won us several championships. Receptions went from 3.86 to 7.12. Targets from 5 to 8. Yards from 4.43 to 11.24. I mean, like, he blew up because he had to, right? So, I mean, Alvin Kamara, a lot of people, and Mung's not on here. Mung's anti-Alvin Kamara. He's like, sell him everywhere. You know, and we're like, I, I still see, I mean, you have to have him in your top three. Alvin Kamara became a value in startups, you know, in the beginning of part of this, you know, off season where I've seen him going mid second round, you know, and he's keeps falling in super flex. Alvin Kamara should get peppered. He should be fantastic this season. Uh, John, out of the other pass catchers there, who jumps out to you? And also, you know, John hit the nail on the head. I was believing in Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was going to take the job, but Michael Thomas out, I think changes this offense a little bit. It has to, in order to be competitive, it almost feels like it, it's shifted now, at least in my head, to Taysom Hill. Yeah, I do think that if I had to guess that I, I would I would put money on Taysom Hill being the week one starter. And Sean Payton is such a smart coach and an offensive mind. He's going to put the best lineup out there to help him win games. And that certainly could be Taysom. I think the fantasy community needs to start thinking about that as an option. But this is really a puzzle that – Bauer was just putting together for us, you know, I know what if it he isn't, was, and it's like, well, we, okay. Yeah. His, his target share is going up with this news empties out of the lineup, but if it's Taysom, then he had to kind of bring it back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. So if the stars align though, and let's say it is Winston and MT is out of the lineup, then Kamara, wow, has the chance to be the RB one. So depends again on your risk tolerance, right? If you, can get him as the RB three, four, five range, and you think that Winston could be the guy, place that bet. And and you know, feel good about it. 
have fun with it. But, you know, I think that there's a definite scenario that we, we may even see both QBs. So, you know, I, I do have to admit, regardless of the QB, I have to bring Kamara up some. With MT out of the lineup, those splits are real. Now, outside that, I, I think that Traquan Smith, I'm with Bauer here. He he is the most interesting. If you guys recall, he was a third-round pick, so he has day two draft capital. At that time coming out, he ran a 4-4-9, so he has the speed. He does have some good size, and to, to Bauer's point, the kind of the stats that we have from last season when MT was out, he did actually benefit the most from. You know, I think that you can get Callaway still very cheap. Uh, on the other hand, I, I will say this, Adam Troutman hype. I like the kid. I like him in Dynasty, but I, I, I think we need to be careful with that. He he is still getting picked up pretty high in the, the tight end rankings and startups yeah. and even some in redraft now. And I think we need to be careful with that. I think it, it just takes time for these guys to develop. We want this narrative to play out immediately. And sure, he's going to pick up a few more shares. Is he talented? Yes. Is it going to take some time for him to really put up, let's say, the kind of tight end numbers that we would like top six, tight end numbers top eight? I don't see that this year. And so I'm kind of proceeding with a little more caution. And I would only draft him right now at the right value. Well, Twitter's all over Adam Troutman and John. You had a great this kid, John. You had a great point. You're like everyone says their bold take is he'll be a top twelve tight end, you know, and it's like no longer bold. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not bold. Like you know, you got your top four, maybe five, and then there's about fifteen guys that can finish in that next section there, and that's why we're always like, hey, if you don't get, you know, Waller, Kittle, Kelsey, you know, or Pitts. Go ahead and wait, you know, like wait and get some of these other guys wait late on and, and, and kind of do those those things. Like the I'm next, I'm seeing people move Adam Troutman for Evan Ingram plus plus. Yeah, that I saw blows that today my too. mind. And yeah. then like in our Discord, I've had multiple people say, Hey, you know, it's tight end premium, it's like one of the safe league settings, so it's two PPR. Would you move Adam Troutman for a first? I said I would break my phone and move him for a first. <laughs> like, nice. yes, no. Smash except right there. Yes, yeah, smash except. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, people get all crazy about tight end premium. You know, for me, I don't change it that much unless it's a two tight end league. And I always tell people that. They put questions on. I had a question and someone was like, hey, dad, guy, I want a guy wants Jonathan Taylor in a, or I want to, I want to get Kyle Pitts and he wants Jonathan Taylor in a second. Should I do it? And I was like, no. You know, you're not giving up Jonathan Taylor plus to get Kyle Pitts. And he's like, yeah, but it's 2.0 PPR. I go, I don't care if it's four. Like, we're not doing that. You just Jonathan Taylor is not replaceable in that kind of sense. But, uh, you know, there's so many questions like that. Let's move on a little bit to the next hurdle, right? We say Michael Thomas does come back. And the narrative out there is always like Taysom Hill doesn't get him the ball. Taysom Hill doesn't do things. Let's look at the four-game absence of Drew Brees last year where Taysom Hill had passing stats with Thomas. Hill connected a 30 for 37 with 343 to Thomas at a rate of 41.1%. So, I mean, it is out there. You know, we have that opportunity where Taysom Hill can get the ball to Michael Thomas. We can do those things. You know, it'll be interesting to see how things go down the stretch. But what people really want to hear about are these trades. You know, we have quite a few trades to go over, starting with, and I've already, you know, I've, I've already said, that this is a guy that I totally respect in the industry, just like you, John, is another host that I love listening to. And I love listening to your shows where you, you have such great flow and and, and just energy. And it, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love sure. it. And it, you're even doing it on here. You know, like you get to relax a little bit as a guest, which is it. so much fun. But like I can even feel the host move where you were like, this is what this happens or this is how this goes. You know, so totally respect what you guys you do. You may take I love over it. at some point. Just be careful there. Just, just kick, my, kick me to the <laughs> side. That's fine. Well, Bauer's taking over. Just take, take a step back. No, right? no. I As much as I love hosting, I love being a guest because, you know, it's you guys. You're carrying everything. Uh, but, yeah, like you got to be high energy. Like if you are not passionate about this and fantasy football and providing content, what are you doing? And I, yeah, you right guys on. are the same way. Like have I can fun. feel it with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I go on some shows and they're like, so, Mike, if Michael Thomas comes back, I'm like, well, come on, <laughs> let me take over. Hey, let's do this. So JP Hurley from Dynasty Trade Calculator, we all know, posted a poll. What's the least that you would sell in a 12-team PPR 
for Michael Thomas. So the lowest that you would possibly take. Twitter, early 22 first plus 39%. Mid, and this is, we're talking super flex here. So that these firsts are valuable. Mid 22 first, 37%. Late 22 first, 17%. And then a pair of seconds, 7%. We'll start with you, Camp Fever, John. If you're selling Michael Thomas, so we talk about this when you're rebuilding, you know, where you want a liquid asset. You want something that's going to have that ability to appreciate in value. We all agree Michael Thomas isn't necessarily going to appreciate in value. So John alluded, if you're a rebuilding team and you're almost ready, Michael Thomas is a great buy for you where he's going to be, you know, a top 12 to 15 wide receiver next year. We know this. But what's the least that you would take if you're in, in any kind of scenario to get rid of Michael Thomas, John? Yeah, I, I mean – for me, again, it, it always really helps to to take a step back and look at what your strategy is currently. And let's say that you were competing and you lost MT and you're trying to ask yourself what to do and you're thinking of selling for picks. Well, tap the brakes. Those picks aren't going to help you compete this right. season for sure. Okay, so if, if you're really more uh, in rebuild mode and, and you want those picks and you want to ditch empty makes a lot more sense okay in terms of in that's that second scenario what would i i would for sure take any first i was surprised on that poll a little bit but i think if, if i could get a late first for mt right now especially in superflex i'm doing it um, would i do it for less than that potentially uh, i would i would really want to understand where you know you mentioned the two seconds where do we think those seconds are going to fall in but I'm back to like see if you can't pull off an insulated trade where you're getting a player that is younger to Bauer's earlier point that does have a ceiling that you believe in and then get a get a second uh, tossed in. And again, if I'm competing, then I, I'm probably going to shift off of the picks for now and see what, what you know, who's going to break out this season that I really believe in. You know, we were throwing around some names like maybe maybe we think Judy really is that route runner that's going to get to separation and he's going to blow up this season and I'm going to get him to throw in a second along with that. Those are the types of deals that – well, now you have something to help you compete a bit this year, somebody that has a ceiling, and you're kind of insulating it a bit more for the future. Those are the kinds of things I'd be looking to do. So, John, last week's episode was Cam Akers, you know, and I saw several we, – we actually talked about a little bit of some of the trades you made recently I saw on Twitter. And – Michael Thomas is what we're talking about now. The real moral of the story is we're, you're not selling now, right? Like if you're selling Cam Akers now, you're getting nothing. You know, like yeah. I saw people Pump giving up for the 207 in a one quarterback league. And I'm like, why would you do that? That makes no sense. That's not how you no. win in dynasty. We're talking about people selling Michael Thomas now for a pair of second round picks. Why would you do that? Wait till he comes back onto the football field. You know, and I know this wasn't, you know, like, hey, let's talk about this in depth. JP was like, let's just put it up here. What would you sell for? But people mm -hmm. hit the panic button, right? We say he right. might not come back to week six, seven, eight. So now I'm going to sell for a couple seconds. Like, what's that yeah, going to do? Back up from the ledge there. Yeah. Exactly. John, what would be in this situation? What's the least that you would sell for? And, you know, kind of cover it in the situations. So I would not move for a pair of seconds. You know, we, we know the hit rates on these seconds. Let's say they end up being late seconds. And especially with the narrative surrounding this 2022 class, I'm not liking those chances, especially if right. they end up. So let's say I move for a pair of seconds and John over there, he's contending. And now he has Michael Thomas on his roster and he comes back a lot sooner than we thought. Well, now at least one of those seconds probably going to be late because we're contending. And yeah. exactly. So. If I am contending myself and I have Michael Thomas, I talked about a Robert Woods probably yeah. could have gotten a little bit more added there. Yeah. But in an, in another situation, let's say somebody is like, okay, you know, I'm willing to move a first for him. Can I even get like a Marvin Jones added an Antonio Brown, you know, one of these aging players, Mike Williams, even that could potentially do something this season. Give me, really high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two production, and then I get that insulated value like you guys talked about, and we talk about that all the time. I love the idea of that, especially in a trade like this. Get the production today, especially if Michael Thomas is going to be out, 
and then get that value in that pick for next year. So Marvin Jones, Antonio Brown, Mike Williams, if you could get any of them with a first, that's a win-win right there. Uh, if I'm rebuilding, I would settle for the just the first in super flex leagues. Again, it's it's that insulated value and just the uncertainty around Michael Thomas. And what happens if the if the Saints are like two and five, two and six? They could shut him down. You know, they yeah. he's under contact contract until 2024. What like the, the AJ Green situation? I'm not saying Michael Thomas today is like AJ Green whenever that injury took place in Cincinnati. And it was like, okay, he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. And then we didn't see him at all. So what if that's the case? But yeah, I'm I'm with you, John. Uh, I'm not doing it for a pair of seconds. I'll do it for the first. Uh, the people that are saying they need a first, what was it? A high first plus? Early plus. That was the that was the winning of the poll. Was that I sit in the mid first right now? Like if I get yeah. that late first, you're right. They got to add Antonio Brown for me. They got to add Mike Williams. They got to add something in there. I think the way to look at this most is to move into a tier. You know, like for me, if I'm competing, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get. Like I said before, I was I'm mean, I'm all about Keenan Allen this year, where I try to make a slight move, even if I got to give up a second and get a third yep. back, you know, something yep. in that area where if I'm competing, I want to stay in that range, you know, like I want to I want to go there. To John's point, another great one where you get a wide receiver that you believe in, like Judy, and get it in there. You get a guy like Robert Woods, like Cooper Cup, and get a little bit thrown on here, and then just keep adding value. And, and John, you nailed it. I mean, nailed it when you said AJ Green, right? There's one of two scenarios that's going to happen here. It's going to be where Julio got injured in his 28, 29 year old, and then he bounced back and still played well. And then there's AJ Green who was injured in that area, and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And these these ankle injuries, these lower leg injuries, really start to pile up. And Michael Thomas is is you got to you got to tell yourself a narrative one way or another and kind of roll with it. So. I love you guys had expert analysis on that. I love it. And and one last thing, and I'm I pulled up my phone here. I don't want you guys to think I'm being rude. I I pulled it up for a trade that I made. So I actually did acquire Michael Thomas. This was yesterday, and it's a 12 team super flex league. I acquired Daryl Henderson and Michael Thomas for Tyler Boyd and Julio Jones. And that's the type of wow. move, you know, and now Julio Jones like it. Uh, getting sued. He's selling uh, cannabis or whatever's going on with that yeah, story. The chronic. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was not aware of that situation, but maybe that makes this look even better, but that's the kind of move that I might be looking to make where I can get an improvement elsewhere. And in that situation, I need to do improve my running back core just a little bit, but like we, you know, you guys mentioned, it doesn't just have to be, oh, I'm moving Michael Thomas for this package up and get an improvement. Even yeah. if you have to add, like you said, I, I love Keenan Allen this year. So packaging up and getting Keenan Allen, uh, getting a, even a Mike Evans, who is severely disrespected. Yeah. Allen Robinson, depending on what that manager's team oh, yeah. uh, build looks like. So there's a lot of options there mm-hmm. contending, rebuilding that you can, you know, find ways to really maximize, I think, Michael Thomas's value in a trade. Yeah, don't yeah, be rigid. Stuff there. That's what I – I mean, I get hundreds of questions, and I'm like, just don't be rigid with it. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be this for this. That's why I was saying, you know, it, maybe he really likes Keenan Allen. Give him your second and take your third because when, when you get Keenan Allen, your second's going to depreciate. His third's going to get better, you know, and you start to move a little bit in towards there. Another trade that you just kind of brought in, we talked about – the undisputed wide receiver one was Thomas. Then it was Devontae Adams. And in the Dynasty Trade Calculator um, staff league that I'm in, the deal went down today. Devontae Adams for Mike Evans and Michael Thomas. Now, you you had already said this. So now you're, you're moving from Devontae Adams to Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to give you, what, 80 85% of what Devontae Adams does. And then, so this is kind of insulated, kind of like what we've been talking about. Michael Thomas comes back week seven, week eight. Now you might have two back-end wide receiver ones in the replace of, of just that one. What do you guys think of that trade? I mean, I thought that was a really unique thought process on that one, and it was an interesting move you know, for one team that wanted to compete right away. Can I say it? If I had Michael Tom – or if I had Devontae Adams, smash accept. I, there we I, go. Listen, I, I love so Devontae Adams. I, I, I really do. I mean, I have the jer- – He's got the jersey. The jersey sitting yeah. over here. But – this might be one of the last times that we can really cash out on Devonte mm-hmm. Adams. 
you it know, is. It, what's going to yeah. happen after 2021. And I hate, I hate when people say, well, it's better to be a year early than a year late, but this is one of the situations, especially at the oh, wide receiver true. position. It is true. And if I can maximize that value and get a Mike Evans, who is going to put up high end wide receiver, two numbers, Michael Thomas, who potentially could come back and in the weeks he plays, put up wide receiver, one numbers. That's again, that's a win-win for you as a manager. So that is a move that, I mean, heck, uh, in our discord, we always spitball like this and we come up with ideas and then I go out in all my leagues. I'm like, okay, okay I have 10 shares of player X. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try something similar to that with Devonte Adams tonight, whenever we're wrapping up here. That's what I love about this show. And this is why mm -hmm. we created John and I were like, and Mung were like, we got to talk trades and give people these ideas, you know, right, like yep. the insulated trade things. Exactly. I've, as soon as the Devonte, as Aaron Rodgers came back, I have Devontae Adams everywhere. He helped me win championships everywhere last year. I'm trying to trade Devontae Adams for CeeDee Lamb in a little bit. You know, I'm trying to trade Devontae Adams for that next big guy in a little bit or someone, you know, like that trade where you get Mike Evans and Allen – or not Allen Robinson, but and Michael Thomas. So, you know, get those ideas and kind of roll with them. The next trade that we yeah. have is very similar to um, – what we were talking about before, you know, we were Viking power. We're saying, who would you take? FF Mike underscore says in his league, Michael Thomas went for LaVisca Chenault straight. Another one, Jason Holland, who that's at X Frank Castle, love the Punisher, says in 10 team leagues, he got him for Brandon Cooks in the 209. You know, so we're, let's, what is the that player that you're like, that's the lowest I would go? We talked about DJ Chark. I mean, who is the lowest wide receiver you'd say? I'm going to just swap them one for one, and I'm going to have peace of mind that I have this guy on my team. I mean, is LaVisca Chenault that, that deadline? Is that where we would draw the line? Where Where is that for you? We'll start with you, John ba John Bauer, and then we'll go to Camp Fever John. I'm really having a hard time. I've never had two, two Johns <laughs> on here. Good. Yeah, two Johns. I feel like I'm back in grade school where everybody got full named. Yeah. John Bauer, yes. I'll, you know, yeah. may go to the bathroom. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah, so, you, Mike. I'm Mike. It was always Mike or Michael. If there's a third one, you're like, can I call you Mikey? I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going that route. You know, it's just Mung would have really brought in a little bit extra flavor here, so I didn't have to say John every time. But so, <laughs> who's that? Who's that guy for you? You know, like today's show. Instead of doubting Michael Thomas or doubting Thomas, it's just going to be Mike and some Johns. You know, we're going to kind of roll out there. But who's that guy for you? Who's the last guy you'd have peace of mind selling for? So that I'm moving Michael Thomas. Yeah. I'll I'll take Tyler Boyd, like I mentioned, Robert Woods. Like it, it gets tricky for me that DJ Shark, mm -hmm. Michael Gallup, Odell Beckham, if I'm rebuilding even Elijah Moore, that's kind of the line for me. Right. You mentioned LaVisca Chenault, see a LaVisca. Brandon Cooks plus a late second, see a Brandon Cooks. Like, yeah, I'll take Michael Thomas just because of that ceiling we talked about, but I, I, yeah, for me, it's like that, that shark woods Boyd that I would accept. Yeah. But then Gallup Beckham, I, I would have to think about it, but probably leaning Michael Thomas straight up. What about you, John? I mean, I would not do it. I would. <laughs> hey, dad dad joke alert. Dad yeah. jokes. We yeah. haven't had those Hello. Hey, sound the alarm. We, we let's work in a couple more uh, <laughs> as we go here. Uh, I I would not do it for Visca. I do like the kid, but again, guys, don't don't panic, don't settle. This is a is a an asset that you need to try and maximize. I mean, I'm looking at DLF, and it still has MT as the the overall wide receiver 16 in DLF. Okay, and so Visca going on DLF is sitting at 33. Yeah. And so, I think it's that narrative, John. Like, if you believe Michael Thomas is going to bounce back like Julio did and, and play for two or three more years, yeah. you know, he's got to be somewhere in between. Where well, I know somewhere in between, where, like a, yeah, right. And, and you know, but if I'm getting, I mean, you mentioned Keenan Allen, if I'm Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, absolutely, Juju, we already talked about. I'm at, you know, somewhere in the range of like the, the Broncos receivers, the Rams receiver, like Cup and, and, and Bobby Woods. Those are guys that I'm kind of right right near similar value. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm listening to Bauer over here and, and potentially even considering a couple other ones. 
So that's like about it. the range that I'm thinking, that tier. Let's move on to our next one. The longtime listener of the show, Knackware, awesome guy. He says he's in a 15-team league. I don't even know what that means. You know, there must be bye weeks every week. Everything's a little different, but it's a tight end premium. So we're looking at Michael Thomas or Deontay Johnson and David Johnson. So we'll start with you, Camp Fever, John. You know, I've, I've been talking about Deontay Johnson a lot on the show. I love him. I took David Johnson and Scott Fishbowl. You and I have talked about him a lot, you know, backstage about what we do with David Johnson this year. Would you take that package? Yeah, I, I, I think I would, actually. Uh, if I'm competing, uh, I think that it'd be hard for me to do it for Deontay straight up, but he is he's close. And so if you're getting something else that helps you compete this year, and I know – we could go on a tangent here about DJ uh, or David Johnson, since there it's two DJs we're trading for here. <laughs> right. Um, two Johns and two DJs. This is confusing. <laughs> um, but we're, we're actually, I think we're being too hard on David Johnson. Uh, yes. They brought in some, some other running backs, but he, he is still able to run between the tackles. They're going to have to run the ball. And he is a fantastic receiver. He's got, an overall strong skill set and look at how he finished the season last year. And there is actually, I mean, crazy, but there's still a chance that Watson takes snaps for the Texans this year. And, and that's another tangent, but in this case, that trade is pretty close. I would probably sweat it out um, considering that trade, but I, I probably consider doing it. What, what do you think, Mr. Bauer? Uh, I smash except i will yes. take okay so, he's I, doing it he's I got would, it he, I, he'll do it so, well you would do it straight for deontay right i would, I would do i would do, you do it I would straight do up it straight up so i'm no getting chaser. no chaser but I'll, I'll take the extra david johnson uh the league that actually both leagues i offered michael thomas for deontay johnson prior okay. to acquiring mm-hmm. uh one of the broncos receivers in robert woods separately and i was rejected both times yeah so mm-hmm. Then People I that have Deontay Johnson go. love him. They love him. I mean, his value goes incredible there. Um, I think, you know, especially because this is a, well, it's a 15-team, a 14- or a 16-team league. I always say if this is a 10-team league, I'm a little bit different. But if it's 14-16, I want a little bit of depth. You know, and David Johnson is probably going to be a flex-worthy player for you week in and week out. And Deontay Johnson is going to be in your, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. I just find that – if I have Michael Thomas, you know, I find it very interesting where if you're competing and we get to week eight, do you really want Michael Thomas back? And it's just a matter of what we're telling ourselves as far as this injury. Uh, the next one to go over, and another really fun trade, sent in from at Tijapot, DK Metcalf, or Michael Thomas, Mike Davis, who, John, I know you wrote an, an awesome thread on this week. Uh, just a little plug in there if you guys go check that out. And Corey Davis. Twitter has this one very close, which is a little surprising to me. We'll start out with you, Mr. Bauer. I'll take DK, but then I would look to pivot off of him to uh, work a deal where he is no longer on my roster. Just, again, to maximize value in the return. But Mike Davis, you have to assume he's essentially a one-year rental. Uh, it, it's an interesting trade because if I'm contending, Mike Davis makes a lot of sense. And then Michael Thomas, there are those question marks. Corey Davis, what does he do in New York? I'm not really sure that he's going to add too much value to your right to your roster. Did, did you say how many teams in this trade? He did not put that, you know. And I think I, I'm I'm trying to break it. I mean, Twitter had this. What would you guess the poll was this one? Like, how close would you say this is? I mean, just because you said it was close, I'll say. <laughs> 55, 45, 55 yeah, to DK. Yep, it's 54, 46. And to me, oh, okay. to me, this is like I'm taking DK. If I can give I'm taking up DK there. If I yeah. if I can give up Mike Davis, who's worth a second, Corey Davis, who to me is not even worth a second, you know, maybe a late second. If I can pair up two seconds with an aging wide receiver to get the value of a DK Metcalf. And I was huge on DK Metcalf last year, but I'm kind of on the same boat as you, John, is I'm trying to move off DK cascading trade there. like mm-hmm. exactly that's the next one you know which we, we talked about the insulated another one that's huge is the cascading trade people get so caught up on oh I don't want DK Metcalf no you make this Still trade valuable. you yeah, increase it. the value then you move DK Metcalf for something you like plus that's how winning is done that's how you do these things you know and that's I, and I'm glad that you get yeah. it John you know and it, it's awesome uh, the next hey, one. I just got to jump in here, though, before you move to the next one. Like, Mark again, Davis. take a step back, and it's like it's a little bit of a schizophrenic move for that other team, though. 
because <laughs> you know, it doesn't make you know, sense. Yeah, it's like really think about are you are you going for it this year or, or are you not? And and try to get package players if you're going for the package that all help you with that one strategy, not one that helps you this year. The rest helps you next year. So that's just another tip I would throw out there. Right. If this was Keenan Allen or or, or we've talked about even like Allen Robinson. Oh yeah. No, no, I'm okay, okay with that. I'm okay with that because mm -hmm. you get a wide receiver one. I mean, it's and Mike closer. Davis, who yeah, who exactly. I think is going to potentially yeah. uh, be undervalued for this season. Well, talk yeah. to us. I mean, we got some time about what you found from Mike Davis. I mean, your thread was yeah, awesome. No, I just I think you got, that, him, in, um, you got for, him in the for redraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did get him in Fishbowl as my RB three, and he came off the board as the RB twenty six in in my division, it, in the Nirvana division here. And I was I was really surprised by that. And I, I started looking at a lot of the numbers. Uh, again, Bauer, I think you're on point there. As a as dynasty, he's much less attractive. But for this season, he's still underdog ADP, like the 22nd, 23rd running bug off the board. And you know, I started sizing up what his workload is going to look like. I mean, there's just nobody else there. And frankly, no other free agent running backs that, that scare me too much right now. He's going to get a very heavy workload. Uh, I, I think that he showed us that he could do it too in Carolina last year. He doesn't have a big history, but um, you know, I have some risk taker, but really like, it's like how much risk are you really putting in there when you're getting him as a, like an RB three in some cases, if he, if he's past, you know, the RB two range in your draft, that is a smash for me. I looked at red zone carries that Atlanta's ability to run the ball. They were like top, five to seven in every category in terms of handing the ball to the running back inside the 2010-5. And Gurley, old man Gurley, had nine touchdowns on the ground last year. And so I think that he's going to get the workload. I think he's going to get the touchdowns. He uh, will get worked out of the backfield as well, which he showed he could do last year. So he just seems like a good value. And so I, I put that threads like that where I think, hey, capitalizing some of that value. Yeah, I like that. And to piggyback off of that, looking at our projections – for 2021, we have Mike Davis coming in running back 19. So okay. not a yeah. huge edge over where, you know, he's going mm -hmm. typically, but within two points per game of even Jonathan Taylor. So you, yeah. you look at these guys and at the end of the day, how many extra wins is a player getting you over the replacement? And mm -hmm. Mike Davis really, he's going to hold his own in terms of the number of wins he's going to generate even with players like I mentioned, Jonathan Taylor, Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, CEH. So Mike Davis, where you got him, I, I think that's a steal. That's a smash. And and the deal that I, I just made a deal recently to get Mike Davis. And, and this is something we talked about a little bit about that package up. I gave my 2022 first. I've won the league two years in a row. So it's projected late. So my 22 first for Mike Davis. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, for Mike Davis and a guy who finished bottom three his 22 second. So basically in my mind, I'm moving back maybe four or five spots from that late first into that second round and getting yep. a guy like Mike Davis. And now mm -hmm. I, it, we, we've talked about it a lot, like pay attention to those, those trades because that guy, you know, who gave up that pick made me better. So my first is going to get worse and now he loses that production. So he's going to get worse. So it's like, it's going to combine there. And if I had to project, it'll probably be the 111 or 112 for the for Mike Davis in the 202 or 203. You know, and when we get to that spot, if that gives me a chance to win the $500 pot, I mean that's that's well worth it, you know, and you go with that. Now, yep. this last one sent in from Joel Schlosser, that's at Nebraska Joel. This one's kind of fun. So he sends in this is a 12 team superflex, Michael Thomas and Dak Prescott. We've been talking big on Dak Prescott and superflex here for Joe Burrow and T Higgins. Now, he did not put his team direction here. You know, you would like to think that the Michael Thomas side is is competing and, and the Joe Burrow side, but it, it's kind of just up in the air here a little bit. You get that young up-and-coming wide receiver, Joe Burrow, who I think is going to have a fantastic year. Dak, who Mung and I have talked about as a dark horse QB1 overall with Michael Thomas. We're going to, you know, we're going to go with you, John Bauer, first, and then switch it over to Camp Fever, John. I'll be pretty quick with this one. I'm fairly certain I voted on this one if I recall correctly, and I went with Dak. Yeah. Ultimately, it comes down to Dak versus Burrow, and I think Burrow, he's a top 10, 12 dynasty quarterback. 
But Dak, just like you mentioned, he certainly does have that quarterback one overall ceiling. Yeah. yeah. And with the weapons around him, the I, I know there's going to be some moving pieces here in the next few years. Gallup, Amari Cooper, where do they go? But the uncertainty in Cincinnati, I love T. Higgins, but he's going to be a wide receiver, like low-end wide receiver too in my eyes. And again, that's not a difference maker for me. So give me the downgrade in value from MT to Higgins, but I want Dak Prescott in that trade. So Dak's driving it for me there. Yeah, I, I love that because everyone – Same with me. I feel like Twitter's really, when it comes to T. Higgins, aren't moving him back enough with the fact that Jamar Chase is there. Jamar Chase is that alpha. And T. Higgins is a wide receiver too. He's a nice wide receiver too. You know, Boyd's he's like – Exactly. Well, and he's comparable to Boyd, right? Like it, that's where you were thinking value-wise, where Boyd finished two straight seasons in that like wide receiver 17. You know, and I feel like that's where T. Higgins falls in. Um, still want to see, you know, Dave Roberts said that Tyler Boyd's gonna be the number one wide receiver out of that Bengals receiving core as his hot take. We have him number one as well based on our projections. Oh, good. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. We so- have we have Tyler Boyd at 21. Da, 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 chase at 29 and then Higgins at 30. So like they're all clumped together pretty closely, mm-hmm. but give me the cheapest one for redraft, which I exactly. I think Boyd, Boyd, so John, we had your entrance music to start. Give me something hot to end with here. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I, you know, I might, I might just um, mix it up here and then go with Mr. Rogers. If I can totally mix it up. Um, I just, Love the whole narrative. I, and I do have some shares of Mr. Rogers. But for those who haven't been paying attention, he shows up to practice with some of the most badass shades you've ever seen in your life. Right. And he just goes scorched earth in his press conference today. Doesn't hold back at all. No punches pulled. And you know, it's kind of refreshing to see an athlete like that do that. But uh, I, you know, I just love the whole narrative. And Mike, we talked about this last year, right? He was on the Up Yours tour last year, and he he just was proving everybody wrong. Well, remember what happened in the championship game last season? He's finally back. He's got his boy Randall Cobb in tow. Devontae's <laughs> ready to roll. I think we're going to see the Up Yours tour part two, and I think it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be massive passing yardage and touchdowns again for this year. I, I do feel like it could be tough to match the numbers from last year, but Rodgers is about to try and prove himself once again in the last dance. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, that was episode one of smash except I coined yes. that the up yours tour and everybody was like jumping on it. And it was awesome. Um, asking for Randall Cobb in a trade, you know, John, that's like, you have a fantasy trade you want to nail and you're like, I'm not doing it unless you throw in Deontay Harris. no, that's got to be it. You, I need him. He's got to be on my team. Uh, John, it's been great having you on the show. You know, I mean, we I had you on when it was Dynasty Refinery. Loved having you on here. I mean, it was a blast going over trades. And it's awesome to get different mentalities. You know, I feel like the three of us have a lot of similarities with how we were looking at trades. But I definitely learned some things listening to you. Hopefully you did from us. And we'll go out there and make some trades. Why don't you talk to our listeners about again, where they can find you, you know, the podcast that you're doing and anything else that's going on. Yeah. Mike and John, thanks so much for having me again. This was an absolute blast and really quick, uh, Dan LaMagna, my other co-host on dynasty theory, as well as Mitch Sorensen, but Dan and I just got a trade done and it actually almost got held up because he would not give me Samaj P run like that. (laughs) And ultimately we were able to work around it and I got Samaj, but uh, it's funny because we have those players, those lower end depth pieces, and that's it for Aaron Rodgers. And it's like that, that such a random request. You know, I need Randall Cobb if I'm going to play this year. Okay, we'll get Randall for you know 2022 <laughs> sixth, yes. uh, right. and whatever it was. And then the Texans are eating like three million, I think. But yes, the, uh, again, mm-hmm. absolute blast jumping on with you guys. Find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. I host Dynasty Theory every Tuesday night at nine o'clock. Every other Wednesday, I'm on Fantasy Football Confidential uh, to plug my co-host, Dynasty Theory, Dan LaMagna at FF Coach Dan, Mitch Sorensen at DinoMC on Fantasy Football Confidential. It's Troy King at T King Mode on Twitter, and then Linda G at Lindellians. Uh, an absolute blast getting to work with them. But we just recently kicked off again for the second time 
the Dynasty Thor- Dynasty Theory Patreon. Uh, five bucks a month. You get our tiers, our projections, access to the live shows. We're doing a little newsletter, the Dynasty Theory Daily. That's going out. Uh, and then we have a free Discord, which we're up to about 100 folks. And it's been it's been a lot of great conversations. And then we're on Instagram as well for both Dynasty Theory and Fantasy Football Confidential. I have to get a little more creative with that, I will be honest. But uh, definitely a lot more active on Twitter. That's awesome, John. Like I said, you're one of the hosts that I respect the most. And it's it's awesome because you have two different podcasts and two totally different flows. And and just being able to manage all the different personalities. And it, like you're awesome at it. And you you do a fantastic job. If you guys haven't listened to those podcasts, shame on you. You should be listening, you know. Um, thanks again for tuning in, everybody. And enjoy the process.